You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are live. Minor Talk is here, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency, along with a full house here in our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Properties studios. I'm Adrian Bradis. We are presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. They help you with your home, your auto, your life, your business, commercial insurance, needs trust the local experts at the oscar at the agency he is the official insurance agent of the utep miners we've got a packed house zay galindo fresh off the uh, men's basketball broadcast alongside sal montes what's going on sal fresh off the utep football broadcast here since probably <laughs> 10 in the morning maybe nine in the morning maybe here all day i, uh, I camped out for for black friday Camped out for Black Friday. There you go. All the way to Saturday because I love it that much. No, man. (laughs) You you stayed. You hung around. You're ready to talk some UTEP football minor talk. Ready to talk some UTEP basketball minor talk. Uh, We've got Alberto Reta here as well. And then we've got a special guest in our studios. He is minor great Jason Williams. all-time leader in triple-doubles at UTEP. First time ever to do it uh, at UTEP as well. And he is here in our River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios for the first time this season, fresh off uh, our watch party out at the District West, 32-33 North Mesa. But, Jason, we don't get to talk about a UTEP victory tonight. Uh, Loyola Marymount defeated UTEP 67-47 in basketball. In football, UTEP was killed against Liberty 42-28. Jason, welcome back first off here to the program. Thank you so much. You do so much here in this community. You're a coach. Uh, you're a- active throughout AAU. You're active throughout, um, you know, high school and youth basketball, and you do a lot of training on the west side with your own gym itself. But uh, I welcome you back to the program, man. Thank you so much for joining us here. It's it's great to have you. Get close to that mic. How's it going, man? Oh, uh, uh, thank you, Adrian. Thank you for inviting me. Um, for being here, and um, you know, I always enjoy coming here and talking sports and talking UTEP with you guys. It's always great to have you, Jason. Let me t- let me ask you this: This is the first time you watch this UTEP basketball team, and I know we've got a lot to talk about. We uh, we have to open up the can of worms when it comes to UTEP football. There is definitely a debate and uh, a, an ongoing discussion on what's the future for the football coach and what's going to happen. But for basketball, this is the first time you got a chance to watch this team. This team is now five and two. They went one and two in their road swing give me your first reaction of watching utep uh, basketball here in this season um i think they 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 play a lot better on offense together um than the previous two years um the defense um is, is really good as always um I mean, of course the team is a lot bigger at the guard spot yes you know so um that definitely makes a difference especially in basketball they're a lot bigger at the guard spot you know i was i was excited for it you know um i got to watch it and i got to see the guys you know i haven't had time to get over there to really check the practices out but you know i was impressed you know i think they're really going to make some noise when conference usa starts you know, it's going to be an interesting thing because uh, the Miners, to start the season, I think they impressed a lot of people. But these past two games made me feel two different ways. The first loss against Bradley, I felt much better about that loss than I did tonight. Tonight, a 20-point loss to Loyola Marymount, a team that the Miners were, uh, I think they were underdogs, but only like a three- or four-point underdog when it was all said and done. Joe said that it was all the way up to six, maybe. Maybe that was the case. But regardless, it was a team on paper that the Miners were supposed 
supposed to compete a little bit better against. Uh, it seemed like tonight, Jason, the Miners just lacked a big man interior presence. They really, uh, su- you know, they suffered against that zone defense. They still haven't figured it out offensively how to score against the zone. And then um, I look at just what what they did uh, on defense. They struggled inside the paint. I mean, points in the paint ended up being a big thing for Loyola Marymount, getting 22 points down low. Uh, total rebound, they killed them on the glass, 41 to 32, including uh, eight offensive rebounds for Loyola Marymount. So maybe that's the difference of this one. Not to mention the fact that the Miners only shot 30% from the field and 12% from beyond the arc. You got to hit three pointers in today's uh, college basketball world. Yes, most definitely. You definitely, you know, um, basketball is a, a game of making shots. And, um, you know, like um, I, like you said, I think UTEP lacked size tonight in the inside. Um, with their, they had two very big guys, um, and they really controlled the paint. So um, by UTEP not having that big guy that can score, I think it, it stopped them from getting a lot of easy busket, easy buckets. And so the guards was always forced to take tough one-on-one shots. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, um, I think they did good. You know, they fought hard, you know, and they just got to continue to stay with it. You know, it's their first year together. You know, every year is – it seemed like it's all new players, you know, with the portal. Yeah, so, it's true. Um, to say that they just got together, they already starting off pretty good. And it was a long road trip, you know, not to give excuses. But, um, you know, I think next game they'll be better off on offense. I think tonight the other team was just re- re- was prepared for yeah. the game. So they went zone, went man, and then after that the, the big man just kind of clogged the paint on, on defense for them. Yeah, and that was I thought he was the difference of the game down the stretch for Loyola Marymount. Number 15 for them. I, I was really impressed by what he was uh, able to do in this game. You know, the Miners, uh, and that was uh, Thiemann, by the way, or Thiemann, whatever it was, but he had 13 points down low, 9-10 from the free throw line, really helped and was impactful there. Miners, uh, I mean, they struggle for scoring from beyond the arc. That's something that we we thought would happen throughout the season, but it really was exposed tonight in basketball. Uh, now, we'll shift it over and we'll talk a little football, too. We're going to do kind of a twofer, right? We're doing both UTEP football and UTEP basketball. We'll take our calls either way. 915-505-6009. We've got a lot to talk about with the football team. And, Sal, I think we have to start in the post-game comments and everything that happened post-game. Because, let's be real, Sal, you and I knew the outcome of this game before yeah. the game even kicked off. We knew what was going to happen. This was an undefeated Liberty team against a UTEP team that was waiting for the final game, waiting for that final whistle to to blow, and so their season would finally be over. That was their, uh, I guess, mentality, philosophy. Anybody could come out here and talk to me about effort and those garbage time touchdowns. I don't want to hear it. I just, I don't want to hear how this one was close. That was the first reaction that came out of head coach Dana Dimmel that they made it a close game fighting to the end. They created more for them in the passing game, created turnovers. Liberty played very well and controlled the time of possession, according to head coach Dana Dimmel. Uh, Dana Dimmel also talked about how, hey, um, when he was asked by voice of the minors, John Teicher, on what's next, John just threw us off. Him. And he just said, hey, what's next? What's what's going to happen in the future? And it was a really good question, and it was hinting at what's happening with Dana Dimmel in the future. And he said, hey, we go back to recruiting. We need to fill the voids. We have a lot of production coming back, so we have a lot of returning guys. Only He said nine, but they graduated ten. He said only ten guys were graduated today. And then he said, it's important for us to generate NIL money. It's just part of college football. Keep some of the players on this team. And then he also 
finish it off when John was closing it out. He said, hey, I'm really proud of the way the guys fought through adversity this year. So those were all the comments from Dana Dimmel. Then in the post-game interview, our pal Joe Rodriguez and our other pal Colin Deaver from KTSM, they both asked separate questions about the future. Joe Rod said, hey, injuries aside, what is you know what, what, what ended up happening this year to make it an unsuccessful year? And Dana Dimmel talked more about the injuries, how it was a tough schedule, how they've faced things that they haven't really faced in the past, and they it was a slew of injuries that really uh, hurt them when it was all said and done. Then um, Colin followed it up by asking, do you expect to be back next year? And he said, yeah, he did for all those same reasons right there. And so that was the bottom line. That was how the post-game interview uh, went with head coach Dana, D- Dana Dimmel on both occasions, both from the UTEP broadcast perspective and from the media uh, scrum perspective. Sal, what was your initial reaction hearing all of this? Because I'll give you mine, but I want to hear yours first. I think um, it was a similar uh, questions aside, so to speak, because I think those are tailored for each game, right? But um, I think we kind of heard that that before. We've seen this episode before, UTEP getting routed and, hey, what went wrong for you in the game? And they dug themselves in a whole couple of injuries. And you, before you knew it, the game was out of hand. So I, I really didn't take too, too much other than finally the last game of the year. Let's see what, what the future really holds. What is the next move for UTEP? Because I think that mindset is what's been going on really since um, since that game against uh, Sam Houston where, yeah, they won that game, but it was still – you got the vibe for what kind of team uh, – what kind of record the team would have to close things out. So it's really just been questions people have been wanting answers for, for about three, four weeks now. Yeah, and I don't and know – that's being generous. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that is being generous, right? Because a lot of fans came to us middle of the season and said, hey, why doesn't UTEP football fire midseason? And we maintained all throughout that time, wait till the end of the year, wait till the end of the year, wait till the end of the year. And it turns out that at the end of the season, they are not ready at the end of the year for the post-game press conference to announce any sort of changes, and their head coach wants to be back for next year. So what we've been been tossing in our brains, we didn't let that – uh, reality sit in as far as them firing the coach midseason. But we did think about how this would end up happening, right? We contemplated a couple different things. Could Dana Dimmel retire? Could Dana Dimmel step down? Could he announce his resignation? I think those three possibilities right there are out the window. I think those you cannot count those as, as being a reality anymore, yeah. knowing what we know right now, knowing what he said during the postgame. So all that's left, Sal, is a possible firing or a possible uh, buyout, like a contract buyout, however you want to say that. Part ways. If I get a release on Monday that says UTEP and uh, Dana Dimmel are parting ways for his final year, if they say something like that he is, then that just tells me firing. That that says the UTEP athletic department will fire head coach Dana Dimmel. So I don't know what to expect for these next couple of days. Yeah, and the interesting part is um, Thanksgiving week uh, is already in the books now. And the reason I bring that up is. Um, there's no reason, um, no logical reason that I can think of to extend any type of post conference. And let's let's just say that the last True. game was uh, was last week, and they don't want to do anything this week. I get it because of the holidays, but I mean, I'd be looking for something soon. And and of course, uh, the longer you don't get it, I think that's a, another sign for what they're planning to do in the future. 
Zay, we'll bring you here onto this. You were at the UTEP football game. We'll get Alberto's thoughts in just a little bit. Uh, but for you, Zay, you're. And it, let me ask you this. Let me just throw it out to you right now and throw the possibility. Could you see UTEP bringing Dana Dimmel back next year for everything that we've seen today? Also, uh, Colin saying that Jim Center said no comment when asked for a comment about what was going on at the end of the game. Yeah. Yes, I definitely can see them bringing them, uh, Dana Dimmel back, much to the dismay of a lot of fans. But um, it's it's definitely a thing that could happen, right? Um, obviously, I'm not saying I'm advo- I'm not advocating for advocating him to come back, but he has a year left on his contract. Is Utah willing to spend that amount of money to uh, let go of a coach? And um, you know, we've seen it before. You know, softball they've been bad for five years under, not, I'm not saying five years, for a few years under T.J. Hubbard. They were horrible last year. They bought him back for another year. And softball football, that's apples to oranges. That's a completely different situation. All I'm saying is does UTEP have the guts to let go of Dana Dimmel after yet another disappointing year? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. I'm not sure what the answer will be when the athletic department has to finally answer this one. Before we get to Mike out in Austin, I'm not sure what he wants to talk about, whether it's football or basketball. Uh, let me get out to Alberto and let's, let's talk a little bit about this one Alberto uh you tell me tell me a little bit about the game itself because the Miners go down early and Liberty's running the ball all over UTEP they went up 28 to 7 at the half and then in the second half they kind of eased up a little bit Miners scored 21 in the fourth quarter to try to make it look a little nicer than it did uh how did you react or what were your takeaways from this football game just in a purely game standpoint well, it just uh, not the best football from the Miners, and I think that all things considered, I'm just glad you know Kelly Akari got his thousand yard season, and and Good point. I'm glad that it's over. I think that's the best thing I could say. I'm yeah, I think over. I think a lot of minor fans feel the same way that they're happy that they're at the finish line. They're happy that they're there. By the way, great point on Kari. Over a hundred yards today, five catches, one hundred nine receiving yards, uh, and he had no touchdowns in this one. But he had that big sixty-four yard reception. Sal, I hate to predict, I hate to do this, but I, if I go crystal ball prediction, I think Kelly Kari is on a Power Five team next year in the fall. So that's my yeah. thought. That's just a early prediction right there. Well, look at the uh, the productive season that uh, their last top receiver had. I mean, obviously, there, there's uh, reasons tied into uh, him leaving. However, that didn't tie into, um, you know, uh, recognition from Power 5 schools for, for attention offers. So, uh, and let's be real, too. Um, UTEP is not going to be the only school that's potentially poached by, uh, by other schools. That, that's just the name of the game. Good point. Hey, breaking news. New Mexico fires their head coach, Danny Gonzalez, after four seasons four seasons there zay that's uh, do you consider that a long time in now in today's college football world yes i do and um you know it's complete it's a different situation obviously you know danny gonzalez never had a winning season at new mexico but you know they did show some improvement and uh, they're letting him go early or i'm not sure did they ever give him a contract extension i don't think so i don't think they actually did but that's that's something that we could definitely look up uh but nonetheless new mexico will be looking for a new head coach will utep join them and could two new coaches come to this region out here in the southwest 915-505-6009 we're talking both utep football and utep hoops loyola marymount defeated utep 67 47 and then liberty beat out utep 42 28 miners go over two today let's go to mike out in austin he's joining us and he uh sat patiently waiting to chime in here on minor talk mike good evening man what's happening Hey, gentlemen. Um, first, the um, 
uh, let's get the the easy stuff out of the way. All right, go for it. You all and your families. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, Mike. You've called in every single basketball minor talk, and I think a good a good majority of the football ones too. Before you couldn't stomach them anymore. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hope you're doing well. Give me your thoughts on both these things. Um, absolutely. First, uh, you all covered a lot of things already. But uh, first, I want to apologize to Sal for giving him grief at the beginning of the season about how well we were scoring and then seeing today's production. Um, so chalk that, chalk that up for Sal. Um, basketball first. Um, I think word's getting out that uh, we just we can't shoot from the outside. So they're going to start big men aside. They're going to start collapsing um, like what we saw in the last two games. They're going to collapse on our paint. And they're going to force us to shoot from the outside, and they're going to make us beat them. And um, right now we can't show that we can do that. And that's um, pretty unfortunate because we've got good looks, and we just don't have the production. Now, um, that being said, I'm trying to be a little bit positive. There was some information that came out that the the team was um, under the weather, and something is going around right now. No excuses, but – you know, after, you know, a long road trip, uh, you know, hopefully that played into it. Because, I mean, we did hold – even though we shot 30% from the field, they only shot 37% from the field. The problem with it is that we lost by 20 points. I mean, that's – to hold – if I knew before the game we were going to hold Loyal and Marymount to less than 30 or at 37% from the field – then I would have given our chances of winning or being right there at the end. Um, I, I would have thought that would have been pretty good. We weren't even close. Sure. Um, now football. Um, I don't. I don't know what to say about football. You all covered it pretty well. Um, I just don't think that. Uh, I'll, I'll throw. I'll throw something else in about football. During the broadcast, Tysher said he made a comparison. Actually, he talked to, he put a little anecdote in there about how, um, what Liberty did with their bus situation. Did you all catch that? No, tell me. I didn't hear this. Okay. So he said this was, he said he had never even heard of anything like this. But normally, when a football team travels, they charter and, you know, they contract and charter with a bus company a charter bus company that's at that location um, in order to get the team, you know, from the airport to the hotel, from sure, the hotel. Sure, I understand to the stadium, exactly what you're talking about. Back to the stadium, back to the airport. And that Liberty didn't do that. They put them on a charter plane, flew the team out, and they drove their buses, their own personal charter buses from Virginia. All the way down ah, to El Paso. Flex to on pick them. them up. Wow, what a flex, and Mike. Do, How about that money, huh? How about that Liberty well, Athletic and, Department budget, huh? Now, so, wow. so that is that is something interesting is that when you're looking at some uh, another program that just entered your conference and are having so much um, success, and they had success before then, well, obviously, they have deep pockets. But I'm going to throw this in there. You go down the road in Las Cruces to NMSU that doesn't have 
those kind of pockets. And yet they're still having more success than we are. When you contrast the two, then we're missing something. We're doing something wrong. It may start at the top with the AD. Um, maybe it doesn't, but at the, at the top, whether it be coaching, whether it be the AD, we've got to make a change because you're talking two contrast styles of of money, of liberty, and not a lot of money from NMSU. And you're seeing both have more success than our program is, who's been in the conference for 19 years. There's a problem. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, it's a really good point you bring up, and we've talked about this, so I just want to give you numbers. I, I'm a numbers guy, so I want to give everybody numbers here so everybody can understand what you're talking about because the point was made about uh, Liberty. Just to show how much budget they have, how much money that they have with their athletic department, uh, they chartered their own flight and they bust their own buses from all the way from Virginia to El Paso, Texas. Probably the furthest away your bus could actually travel from uh, you know coast to uh, the middle of the southwest, and then uh, you're just having them, hey, pick them up to go from point A to point B. That airport drive from the airport to UTEP, come on, we've got 915 tours that could have taken them on their buses, and they usually do take all the opposing teams on their buses. But the point is, that's where Liberty comes from, athletics. That's their budget right now. And unfortunately, money rules a lot in co- college football, like Mike just mentioned money does not rule everything. New Mexico State actually has a less uh, they have a they have less athletic budget than UTEP does. They they came into this season thirty one point six million dollars for their athletic department's budget. UTEP is thirty three million. Okay, so for everybody out there, UTEP's thirty three million. Liberty a whopping fifty seven million dollars. Fifty-seven million, FIU thirty-nine million, and they're not successful in anything. Nor do they have any fans, so no one cares over there. Uh, so it's really weird with that. That's kind of an anomaly. But Middle Tennessee being right there, thirty-five million with UTEP and New Mexico State. Those are your uh, bell cows of the conference. Everybody else, they're just scrapping to try to get to that point. Look at uh, the lowest of the low, which is Jacksonville State, eighteen point three million. UTEP almost has double that when they when it comes to their athletic department budget but point is uh money does tell you a lot money does bring a lot of things to you in college sports but it does not mean that if you are at utep's level you can't compete at the conference usa championship level Look at what New Mexico State will be doing next week, Sal. They'll be competing in the Conference USA title game with a chance to hang a banner for this conference, just Mm -hmm. like UTEP could have had that same opportunity with their uh, budgets that are almost identical. And I think another thing that that makes it stand out is people talk about a rebuild, and there kind of wasn't a rebuild. They hired Coach Kill, and midway through the season is when you started to see things turn around for them. But if we're being honest, it was it's basically like one and a half years instead of the full two when you look at how they got to where they got to. So that, that adds into the, hey, if you go after a hire and there's a, a, a rebuilding period of three years, people could use what Coach Kill did and say, no, no, no. They did it in a year and a half with That's that right. budget. So um, we know that UTEP is a tough job. It's no excuse for them to be as um, – as how could I say as poorly as they've been these last couple of years but I mean 
something's got to strike, man. I, it, it's weird when you really look at it. The big money and the small money, what's UTEP doing wrong? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't really, you know what? They're just making some wrong decisions when they're putting the right, uh, the, the people in charge at the top levels. I think that's what's really hurting them and putting them back in these situations because it seems like Kill, he could change things overnight. And for Dana Dimmel, it's, he's hoping that year seven is a turnaround. So I don't know how much you can actually bank on that, Zay, uh, if you can at all. Now, when it comes to athletic budgets, how do you see this, Zay? Do you see this any differently than it was talked about right now? Well, uh, you talked about Jacksonville State's athletic budget. It was really low, right? That was, that was, yes. And they're paying Rich Rod a million a year. So, there you I go. mean, there's a priority. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's be real here, right? You know, UTEP has, they don't have the most amount of money that you're going to see like Liberty, but they have money. They have, you see New Mexico State doing it with less. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's a tough job, but, you know, you got to find the right guy for it. And they've been unable to do that since Mike Price. So, you know, if Dana Dimmel is gone, this is a huge coaching search that you not strike out on. That's right. This is also one that will be looked at in almost like a microscope right there. Hey, Jason, let me bring you back in because when it comes to athletic budgets, you understand it as well. Even from your perspective, you understand more than anybody playing uh, professional basketball for over a decade overseas that uh, this is a business. Basketball at any level, whether it's now trickling into your AAU world, which you coach here in El Paso, whether it's uh, the highest levels of professional basketball or or now, like we're seeing in college basketball, it's a business. And you talk, you hear Joe Golding talk about NIL dollars and how NIL has helped benefit some of this UTEP basketball team. But it's interesting when you look at it from a grand scale, uh, the athletic department budgets and how important that has to be for these universities. No, it, if you don't have, if you have the most money, no, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to be number one up at the top. But it does tell you that you have a lot of resources that a lot of your recruits are going to really benefit fit off of throughout all these seasons and all these different sports. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, you know, just because you have the most money, that doesn't guarantee wins. Um, and I think, you know, like um, the Joe from Austin called earlier. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Like Mike from Austin. And he said, um, you know, it starts at the top. You know, you see these NBA or NFL franchises, when they want to win, they go all in. You know, so sometimes it starts at the top um, with the AD, whoever's the president, the the boosters. You know, if they want to go all in, they have to go all in. You know, um, I'm sure El Paso tired of watching um, UTEP lose seven years. Yeah. Um, after being a coach, being here for so long. Me personally, I, I follow basketball a lot. Um we had Tim Floyd here for a lot of years. Yeah, and then Rodney Terry. You were a part so, of all those shows when so, we got a chance yes. to talk about Terry. Yeah, so you know, it's just it's just about the guys at the top. How long are they, are you willing to keep a coach that's not successful? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Zay, you had anything else on that? No, that's that's correct, right? How long is uh, UTEP going to give Dana Dimmel until they say enough is enough? And is this year, was this loss, was this season, is that enough enough? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure what that what that question is going to be like until it was all. I think the answer is yes. I think they've gotten to that point. And I think that maybe they're giving it the weekend. Maybe we hear something by Monday. And silence is bad. Let me just tell you, when we if we're talking Tuesday, 
Tuesday about no response, that's a bad thing, everybody. So just keep that out there. Have a have a red flag if you don't hear anything Monday afternoon. If it's Monday at four o'clock, then get uh, tuned into Sports Talk. That's all I can tell you. It's going to be a crazy one. All right, let's keep it moving. Number one, this is Tristan Pence on social media nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. By the way, if you want to ch- chime in, weigh in on the program, Tristan Pence sends us this post. Number one, Coach Dimmel inherited a disastrous football program and has done a good job building the UTEP program back to some respectability. That being said, UTEP will be or will not be on a winning program with UTEP at the helm. His record as a head coach pretty much says it all. Number two, Coach Dimmel would be a lame duck coach if he returned next season. It would set the program back even further, and I can't imagine this being the case going forward for the program. It's time for change starting tomorrow morning, and that is coming from Tristan Pence. This coming in from Junior413. Coach Dimmel uh, should have been a a politician. He doesn't have accountability or integrity. Uh, this is from Grand Paul. Uh, the punter is this year's MVP. <laughs> uh, this is coming in from Junior413. He said, I've been waiting for the announcement that Dana Dimmel has been fired. And he shows, sends us a gif of the guy waiting for all of this. Uh, let's go to Tristan Pence on his basketball thoughts. Okay, this is what he says. Number one, very poor effort by UTEP basketball today. For whatever reason, this team wasn't ready to play a basketball game, not having a true and experienced point guard was apparent in UTEP's inability to get anything going in its half-court offense. Uh, Jason, this is something you said. You you noticed this right away. You said, hey, UTEP still doesn't have a true point guard. And every time I want to tell somebody UTEP does have a true point guard, his name is Zid Powell, uh, people d- correct me and say, hey, look, Zid Powell might not necessarily uh, be you know uh, a shooting guard, but he's not necessarily a point guard. He's kind of a combo guard on both sides, and he loves to score first. How did you see it? Do you think UTEP has that? true point guard at this point right now and if not uh do you can you find one in the middle of a season or no do you have to recruit for one um you know um I don't think they have that true point guard you know like I always say it's levels to point guards you know I'm not sure if everybody understand that um sometimes you need a guy that can run the show get everybody organized make easy baskets for guys you know with that true point guard maybe Kalua might average 10 points now just from the guy driving and dishing it off to him. So that's a big difference. I see what you're saying. So now you're getting scoring inside, even though he's not a a good post-up player. You know, um, having a true point guard is just really running the show, getting those guys, those open shots. Instead of the ball, everybody's going one-on-one or one pass, one shot. He's actually controlling the show, making sure it runs nice and smooth. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's interesting because uh, say, do you feel like Joe Golding's ever had a point guard on the, on his coach, like a true point guard of what we're talking about? I think Jamal Bianami was as close as uh, a true point you're going to get. Right? I think he he facilitated the ball really well. Uh, he was a pass first guy, but he'd get a bucket at times, and he's got and we saw games where he was getting buckets. So I think yeah. Jamal Bianami was really close to that. But uh, like Jason said, it's really hard, you know, to to define what a true point guard is, and there's levels to point guards. Yeah, I felt like they also staggered guys in that final year. It was like Bianami, and then once Bianami started making shots, then they started throwing Sule Boom at the one, and then it was like Bianami was. 
off-ball guy, and he wasn't really used to being off-ball. He could create his own shot, but he wasn't used to being off-ball. I think that's the maybe that's the secret, Jason, is now we just have off-ball and on-ball guys, and maybe guys who could play a little bit in between, but you kind of have to stay on one side or the other if you're a basketball. I mean, what, what do you see? Do you see that now in today's game, or do you yeah. see that uh, the point guard pos- position is kind of starting to be irrelevant by some coaches? Well, I think it's starting to be irrelevant, um, you know, as you watch NBA, you know, guys like Luka Donick, you know, yeah. small forwards are now playing point guard. So teams starting to feel like if I can have a 6'8 guy that can average 10 assists, you know, I really don't need that guard. But it's only special guys that's like that. You know, I really think that having a good point guard in college can can set your whole program apart from different Wait programs. a second. Wait a second. If Jason Williams was playing in 2023, you'd be a point guard. I think yeah, so. I think you'd actually be a point guard, right? Yeah, I wish. I wish, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely think point guards are like the quarterbacks. You know, they're the head of the snake. You know, they got to run the show, run the team, and they make everything look beautiful. Believe it or not, you know, they make everything look beautiful. A guy like Chris Paul. He might not score all the time, but he just make it look beautiful, make the right play at the right time, and has control of the game, and his teammates have them in the right positions all the time to make a good shot and make good plays. Did you feel like Biennemi was their last point guard or true point guard? Who who do you remember as their last true point guard? Um, Biennemi was pretty good as a point guard. I think he was still learning. You know how to be a point guard at the same time. We've talked but, about it. if yes. he had stayed that last if, year. If he stayed that that one more year, I think he would have been a, a way better point guard because he maybe would have had that full year at being a point guard. Um, last year, the point guard wasn't too bad, but you know um, he didn't control the show. But he was a point guard. You know, like I said, his levels to it. You know, he can bring the ball up, but you know, it's difference when you got to control the show and, and learn how to be crafty and you know slow down, read the game, and you know find a guy that's hot. You know, finding mismatches, you know, I think that's important, you know, um, having that other coach on the court. Yeah. You know, to where you as a coach, I don't have to call the plays because he see what I see. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I like that point a lot. Uh, Sal, I need to get your your thoughts on this, and then we're going to pause for yeah. a station identification. But I need to get your quick thoughts on this. Maybe we'll do a roundtable. I think Alberto's ready to talk about this one now because <laughs> we're getting a lot of posts about it, and I think we have to address it. Junior413 sends us this. UTEP football got it in the chin today. Ouch! The Mariachi in the visitor locker room. Wow. Uh, That is because Liberty, after the game, they hired Mariachis to play and to celebrate their undefeated season. They are 11-0 on the year and finish out the season as uh, the team that will go into the Conference USA Championship game against NMSU. What do you think about the post-game celebration? You know what, man? I I like it because if if you can celebrate when you're up and, and you know be upset when you're down, uh, that's one thing. But, I mean, to consistently allow opponents into your your football field and do whatever they want to you, I mean, I I mean, just do it if, if you win, man. The, to the victor goes the spoils, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's a good point. I, I see no reason in, in um, you know, them being upset about it because if they really cared that much, I think they would have improved the team throughout the year to not allow things like that to happen. Uh, Alberto, this is one that you were really, really passionate and really upset about when it initially happened. What about this one made you so upset? When you saw this post, even Barstool Sports found it out or I mean they actually reported on it and they threw out the video what what about this video made you really upset well now that I've calmed down a little bit um, (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's really disappointing Um, you know I grew up here in El Paso I was born here in El Paso and just like seeing my city displayed in this fashion seeing uh, 
you know, the football team get handled in that way. And then the opposing team celebrating uh, in our turf, uh, bringing in a band. Like, it, it, I, it's it's getting difficult for me to talk here. Yeah, it's just disrespectful. Uh, they shouldn't even have been allowed into the stadium. Uh, the game was over. People shouldn't be going into the stadium after the stadium, after the game is over. Just from that perspective, like, it's like, how would they get in? Why would... Why yeah. did the security allow them in? With it's the a bad piñata? look, right? Yeah, because it's like you, they're bringing in a mariachi band, obviously, to taunt you. So yes. allowing them to do that, create that content and post it, it's abysmal. Yes. It's, abys- it's a bad look for the team. And it's like, and I'm just going to top it off. It's a really bad look for the city. I'm more disappointed for the sake of my city because now in Lynchburg, Virginia, they think they can come into El Paso, Texas and do what they please with us. And that's not the case, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, hey, it's exactly right. What you said right there is how it'll look like this. This is coming in from Lou Romano just off that. He says, picking on a 3-8 and eight team, hiring mariachis before the game, I'd be fine with it uh, if Liberty was at home, but also if UTEP was undefeated. But come on. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting point, Zay, but uh, maybe when you have that unlimited budget, you feel like you could do whatever, right? When you're winning, you're winning. When you're winning, you're winning. You know, whatever will get people fired up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and um, just on the security point, I mean, UTEP security—they're quick to push me out. They're quick to push me out at basketball. He was saying games. the same thing, man. <laughs> they're quick to push me out. So uh, that's that's the biggest part I'm salty about. Yeah, how did they get in? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, let's okay. Let's pause ten seconds for station identification. Let's do this. Let's take a break right now. Uh, we'll come back. We'll come back with Milkman. Milkman, I apologize. You've been waiting forever. So we'll go as soon as we get back from the break. We'll go to you, Milkman. So I appreciate you hanging in and, and staying with us. Uh, we'll talk both more about UTEP football and basketball as Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency continues right after this on six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues here, presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. Full house here. Thanks to Mike Rivera, our chief engineer, for stopping by. We got Sports Center all night that we're producing here, Sal. How about that? ESPN Radio will be in the building here later tonight. How about that? Bring it on. I love it. Know a couple of highlights? Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah. we got a couple Liberty highlights. They're wearing the other jersey, but it's all right. That's highlights okay. nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, let's go back to the phone lines like we promised. We got a full house here. Jason Williams, minor great, is here. Uh, UTEP Zay is here. Alberto Reta is here. Sal Montes is here. I'm here. Uh, and Milkman's here. He's next up on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Milkman, good evening, man. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, man? <clears throat> We're hanging in, uh, Milkman. Uh, w- which one are we starting off with, basketball or football today? Well, you know, so, yeah, I woke up today going, man, it's going to be a big day of minor sports. So I, you know, took my dad to the football game, and then we hurried home to watch the basketball game. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, this was nowhere near <laughs> the way I was hoping it would, it would end up for this day of minor sports. Um, I guess we'll start with football. Uh, what can I say, like some of your other callers have said, what, what more can be said about the football team? It's about what we expected. It's what we've seen all year. Um, I, I got to tell you, uh, the less we hear about them making a move on Dimmel is starting to make me think they're going to not do anything about Dimmel. So uh, I hope I'm wrong, but it's a gut feeling I'm getting. Um I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what your thought is on that. 
Well, I, I said that earlier. Is longer. If let's talk, talk to me Tuesday, Milkman. If UTEP doesn't oh. hear anything Tuesday, then I think there's uh, definitely a reason to be concerned. They won't make any kind of change. So I think Tuesday is the tell all day, right? And wait till Monday, even all the way Monday at 10 p.m. because that's the kind of time that a release yeah. like this would come out. So, uh, well, but my- it's been. I would tell you this. I've talked to everybody that knows anything about anything about UTEP, and no one knows the right answer everybody has a different answer so no one knows yeah. they've, they've kept this one pretty tight well i i mean i so <laughs> that one of the things that's making me think there's i mean you guys were just talking about it about you know the, the the small budget we have which is still bigger than some who are having better success but um you know that's that's another there subject. you go but, yeah. but the small budget that we have like it's going to cost them what like eight hundred thousand dollars to get rid of him this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Something the like- when you look at the numbers, uh, some will tell you six fifty, some will tell you five fifty. So just depends on what yeah. they agree on with him on the buyout if that ends up being the case. Uh, and there's also a possibility I've seen this in the past. There you can also prorate uh, stuff like that. You know, like hey, Dana will give you two hundred thousand for the next three years or something like that, or four years, whatever that ends up being. Right. Right. Well, I, you know, I. You know which way I'm going, and I got to tell you, if if they do, if if they can somehow move past this now, uh, it would definitely help them get better numbers in the stands, which creates more revenue. Because everybody around us, like you know, we're all saying goodbye, you know, in the stands, like all right, see you next year, and we're all like, hopefully with a different coach, and everybody's like, yep, absolutely. I mean, the, he's lost the fans, he's lost the, he's lost our, you know, our passion. It, it, it would be very foolish to put up with another year of this because Lord knows what they'll have in the stands next year. I mean, it's just, it's, it's abysmal. So, I mean, I, I know, I know which way I'm going and I know which way most of the fans are going. I honestly haven't heard anybody that I've talked to that says, Oh yeah, let's do this another year. Yeah. So, um, I really hope they come to the right decision. Um, but again, you know, I'm not the one doing the numbers in their budget room. So, you know, I, I don't know. I hope they can afford it because I, I think it'll pay off in the long run because they'll get more people in the stands and the excitement uh, could come back, you know. Well, on the flip people. side of that, Milkman, is you're not getting – not only are you uh, – on the flip side of this, if you bring head coach Daniel Dibble back for another year and let him coach out his contract, you're essentially taking for granted the fan base that you're going to have next year. Uh, you're going to have to bank on, uh, like, low, low, low ticket sales for prices as far as prices go – try to get anybody in attendance and you know those people that you said bye to they might not be back next year if uh, Dana Dimmel is uh, indeed the head coach I've heard a lot of season ticket holders tell me that they will not renew if uh, there isn't a change happening next year so I think absolutely. it goes both ways a hundred percent you're absolutely right I mean all those things have have to be considered when you know you're just looking at black and white figures uh, there's a lot of other intangibles that you know have to go into that that decision you know, so no, you're absolutely right. But who who knows who will actually be back in the stands next year if they don't make a change? Hey, t- but, uh, um, talk to me about a basketball milkman. Give me your okay. basketball thoughts. So, so with basketball, um, I gotta say, I heard you say it that this is the most disappointing uh, uh, game that we've seen all year, and I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, the their their shooting was just abysmal, and 
you know, it's well, we we talked the other night about you know their perimeter shooting, but it was everywhere tonight. Like they they just couldn't throw it in the ocean. I mean, it was it was awful, and and it's to the point now with their threes that and again I. I don't. I don't want to come off the wrong way because I was always the one calling you and saying, "Hey, I, they need more points in the paint. Don't just come down and fire up a, a three. Of course, I'm. I'm very happy to see the way they're running the game. So that is not my contention. But my contention is, if you're going to fire a three, my God, at least have a one in twenty chance of making it. I mean, it's it's almost automatic that if they're putting up a three, they're going to miss it. Now, you know, it, it's just. That's not good. Now, <clears throat> I did hear your other caller say something about um, about their being about them being under the weather. Which I gotta say, looking at the way they played, that kind of makes sense. Um, they played like a team that was under the weather. Now their defense was still pretty good. Um, they they did they did for the most part what they needed to do on that, and they just could not make a basket. But uh, I, you know, it's early, and I think. I, you know, I'm hoping that this is just a fluke, but this is by far the worst game that they've played so far. It should not have been a blowout like that. No, I agree with you completely there, Milkman. Hey, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Shouldn't have been a blowout like that indeed. Uh, Zay, can you shine a little bit more about the the under-the-weather statement that was made earlier? I know that you were working the broadcast tonight uh, alongside – who was our – it was Asher out there in in, uh, uh, the West Coast, right? Uh, Do you know his full name, and what what was he talking about on the broadcast as far as under-the-weather? Yeah, our guy Asher Lowe, uh, he works with Pepperdine. Um, He was out there for us tonight, and uh, he did – he said something about a, a bug that went around the team. So, okay. you know, they could have caught that maybe at a restaurant. Who knows? It's anything. But they definitely play like they were under the weather. They play like they were out of gas, right? And it makes sense, right? You're, you're on a road trip to California. You're there since Monday. You're playing, you know, three games in the span of, let's see, you know, under six days. So it was it – was, I expected it. I, I think, you know, um, and Loyola Marymount, they did a really good job at slowing the game down, getting UTEP to, you know, really – use up uh, all the time on the shot clock. They did not let them play in transition, which is where Utah found a lot of success in their past five games. So um, just overall a tough game for the Miners. Sal, uh, this came in from King Eric. Shooting 12% from three is never going to win you games. It doesn't matter who you are. Shooting will always be this team's problem until they recruit shooters. Zone is also this team's biggest weakness. It sounds like yeah. a lot of what we talked about last year all, all across Minor Talk. Yeah, and I think this year it's a point of emphasis to um, uh, deal with more zone this year. I think last year they were kind of getting their their feet wet, um, which is strange to say in in year two. But defensively, it's a little bit of a different look this year. And and I'm wondering what the reason for it is. If they're going zone more, is that because Golding has felt like they've they've lacked in the zone, which is evident? Or are they going zone more because um, their man defense is not as strong as as we originally thought? So I think their defense is pretty sharp. And and they have thrown out some zone in the past – before, but offensively, when UTEP goes up against the zone, it just seems like for whatever reason, Joe Golding coach teams struggle when they face zone yeah. zone uh, defenses. That's been one of the issues right now, Zay. Yeah, it has. And um, you know, Loyal Marymount they ran a one three one at times. They ran a two three, and um, you know, especially when you run a two three, right? You're hoping it's it's bombs away. You should be shooting it, and if you're shooting at a high clip, you know they're not going to run zone anymore. But UTEP has struggled against zone because it's hard to get the ball in 
inside the paint. And even when they did, you know, guys like Calvin Solomon struggled. Guys like Kevin Kalu struggled in the post. So overall, you know, it was just a really tough day for UTEP to score against his own. Uh, Jason, we talked a little bit about the three-point shooting, and Milkman just brought it up, talking about how he didn't like the shot creations or maybe the shot selection from some of these guys on three-point shots. What did you see in that category? Um, like I said, I think I think they had too many one-on-one plays tonight, and 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 like I and Liberty defense was pretty good, so we could say they probably forced UTEP into into those type of shots. Yeah, um, by clogging the paint to where guys felt like they had to go make a quick bucket. You know, sometimes you just have to be patient and move the ball around until the the zone defense open up. And um, also having that inside presence, it matters. Yeah. I think it matters. Well, it matters. So that's that's one of the other debates, right? Because UTEP's gone small a lot of stretches, and they don't really have a true big man, right? And that's yeah. one of the things that maybe is a ceiling or, or something that uh, holds them back just a little bit. I wonder if that's something that's going to hurt them in games moving forward because you saw with Loyola Marymount, they had a big uh, big man that they just threw against UTEP's big men, and I didn't think UTEP's big men stood up pretty well against them. Uh, I don't think they stuck uh, – stuck, uh, or. They did not necessarily guard the paint as well, but they couldn't score down low. Like their their offense down low in the post was almost non-existent, and they didn't even want to go to Hamilton, the big guy. Uh, jo- Dos Anjos couldn't score down low. They weren't getting enough from Elijah Jones. Uh, Calvin Solomon looked frustrated in this game, so it was just kind of a mess in the front court all around. Yes, I definitely think so, and um, you know I think also by by you having that good big man, you know um, he can get himself points by getting offensive rebounds. You know maybe that'd be a way for the big guys to actually um, get themselves involved more. You know to get more offensive rebounds, um, and I think that'll help open up some stuff also um, yeah. for the team. And yeah. you know they just got to figure it out. You know, um, like I say, I like Kalu. You know, um, this is third year. You know, so got to make t- some shots, it's, it's huh? Time, it's time to put in the work. You're on offense. It's your third year, so you know you got to put in the work. We talked about this a lot, Sal. Yeah. And, and uh, to that point, the uh, the second chance points and offensive rebounds for the Miners that's going to be huge because when you look at what they um, what they allowed early on, and I'm going to go back to the to the game against Bradley. What they allowed early on was like six or seven offensive rebounds in the yes. first uh, eight minutes or so. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Bradley finished with nine. So they got better on the glass, but themselves when when they were on offense, they were able to uh, to get some second chance points. But to to that point also is their their half court offense is lacking and and what they're better at this year is being in transition which is helping out that offense was kind of shut down today so until that offensive uh until the offense really just improves in a half court they're gonna have to rely on other parts of their game and you know if you rely on it for so long and you're not that good at it it's just what's available to you it could seem gimmicky uh let's go back to the phones we'll get more reactions from all of us here in a sec 915-505-6009 jimmy is next up on the phone lines jimmy good evening what's up Jimmy, you there? Hello, Jimmy. Jimmy going once. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Jimmy. All right. Very good. Want to put, first of all, you guys on the spot. I'm going to tell you, and I love you guys, and I love the local media, but I think <laughs> today's media versus 20 years ago when you had the Joe Minches of the world, you had the Darren Hunts of the world, they would give it to the UTEP coaches. And I want to put you and Sal on the spot. Okay. Do you fire Dimmel if you're the AD? Oh, of course. Yes. I, come on. We've been basically saying this this entire season if you've been listening. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I think he's got to be he's got to be gone. The 
excuses about the injuries. There were no injuries the first game, and they lost to a team that had not played one FBS uh, season. That was their first game as FBS, and they lost. No injuries, no excuses. I think Dimmel's got to be gone. But hire a young, up-and-coming uh, coach. As far as basketball, a couple of observations. One, Jason is absolutely right about Kalu. He's been in the program three years. Cox is the coach. But anytime Kalu gets the ball in the paint on offense, it's as if he freezes and he doesn't know what the hell to do. He's great on defense. He's great rebounder. But offense, you just don't have that inside presence to open up the game for the outside shooters. And and one of the, the questions that I wanted to ask Jason, and I don't think there are a lot of outside shooters on this team, uh, maybe Hardy, maybe Camper, and that's it. But, Jason, are there some players, if you're the coach, where you're telling them you're not going to take the, the three-point shot? I would say that to Dos Anjos. I would say that to uh, Zid Powell. Um, I would just say, guys, you're not, you're not going to shoot from the outside. Uh, just because if you take a look at their rate over the season, those, both of those guys are probably under 25%. Dos Anjos is probably under 20%. Um, but do you do that as a coach? Do you say you're not an outside shooter? There are other parts of your game we're going to develop, but – you're not taking a three? Yes, of course. You know, after a while, you know, you have to do what's best for the team at the end of the day, you know, but you also want those guys to, to still have confidence and take that open shot when they're wide open. You know, you just don't want them taking crazy threes or shooting the, shooting the threes off the dribble. Um, for instance, when I played, we had Miguel Ayala. He was one of the best shooters. But our coach had a rule if Miguel dribbled two times, he was taking him out the game because Miguel wasn't a good dribbler. So Miguel had to catch and shoot when he Man, caught it. Man, that's, that's a great story. He had to catch and shoot. He, he was to, limited on the catch he, and shoot. Yes, he, had, Poor Miguel. he couldn't dribble no more than two times or coach was going to take him out. Wow, that's a great story there. Jimmy, you got anything else for us? Yeah, last point, and I like the rule. I don't think Dos Anjos and, and Zid Powell have any uh, business taking the outside shot. The other thing is opening up options on the inside. I think Hamilton needs uh, some more playing time. He has a more of an offensive game as, as opposed to Kalu. And then also Jones needs much more time, uh, playing time. This team is not an offensive juggernaut. One of the things Jones brings to the team is that mid-range consistent shot. Nobody else on the team has it. And if you're not going to be making threes, if Kalu can't provide offensively inside, get Jones some more playing time to open up uh, the offensive options. Uh, I think that has to happen. Really disappointed in tonight's game. I, I would never in a million years have thought it would have been a, a blowout. No, uh, me neither. Maybe the, yeah, maybe that the sickness thing is, is true. Uh, but I was extraordinarily disappointed today. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, I chalked this one up as a dub for this Utah basketball team, Jimmy, and I, I was very disappointed. First, to your, you know, to your first point about uh, head coach Dana Dimmel and the me- the local media. Look, the Joe Menches of the world and uh, the Darren Hunts of the world. They're definitely, you know, they're not around as they used to be, where they would come out and a- ask these pressing questions. And I think the reason is now the access has changed so much. Much at the Division One football level or even college sports level. So when you don't hear some of the local media ask these tough questions week in and week out, it's because they've got to face the same coach every single week. And then those, if those questions aren't asked the previous week, what's 
going to change in the uh, the week after for them to actually answer that question. Point is, we all know it. We see the writing on the wall, and we think that this coaching staff is done when it when it's all said and done. However, if we talk on Tuesday and there's no coaching change made, then that is a uh, call for concern. I'll say this: as far as the offensively challenge goes for the basketball side of things, I agree with the uh, Elijah Jones side of things. I think their best lineup is actually Elijah Jones, Calvin Solomon, Tay Hardy, Zid Powell, and Otis Frazier. They're going to have to try to throw that combination out there. If you want to put Camper in there so you get a little bit more offense, so be it. Uh, but right now, that one, that uh, that lineup right there, I feel, could be something where you can get a little bit more production and a little bit more uh, movement from your offense. Now, the other thing about this is UTEP right now is currently in the bottom 25, in actually bottom 15 in the country in their three-point percentage, 24% from beyond the arc, 24%. Um, Jimmy, I don't care who you are. You're just not going to win a lot of games if you can't hit threes. Uh, today's basketball, you go play pickup on a, any given weeknight. You got to hit threes. You got to hit shots. That's the bottom line. High school basketball, you got to hit shots. College basketball, you got to hit shots. The NBA comes down to what? The final shot, the final play. Who's going to take that big shot? Uh, Sal, do you feel like this team has a guy to take a big shot in late game? Is it Tay Hardy? Like, uh, you know, no matter what, because today when they needed some big shots, they kind of turned to multiple options and they didn't really have an answer. I think um, just going off of body language and demeanor, when they step on the floor, you go with the guy that gives off that energy the most. And I still think it's Zid Powell. I don't okay. think anybody displays the type of confidence that he displays. Uh, but I think if you had to have somebody else in line, you got to go Tay Hardy. We saw it. I mean, I, and I wouldn't even uh, discredit or dispute anybody who says Tay Hardy first. He's shown that you know he, he'll take that last shot. Granted, what happened to get there, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's also a trust guy on on Golding's roster as well. He's been here before, uh, but if I have to go one, give me Powell, and then uh, two A, so to speak, probably Hardy, and then third, maybe Solomon. Uh, Alberto, would you agree, or do you change anybody on that list? Final shot, or to take a big shot in this basketball team? Where are you going? No, I'm going Tay Hardy as of right now. Okay, you like just no question about it. Tay Hardy, number one. Yeah, I think he's going to be your better scorer. If you need that bucket to win the game, I'm going to put it in the hands of my best scorer, and I think that's Tay Hardy right now. Zay, any different opinions? Yeah, um, I'm saying like if you're in that huddle and you need a shot and you're drawing up a shot, um, it's it's for Tay Hardy. But if you're if you're driving down the court and you need a bucket, I think Zid Powell is going to okay. get you a bucket. He's the most crafty guy in this team. He gets to the lane so well, and he's a good finisher. So I think that that's how I would go. Yeah. I thought he was still UTEP's best player, overall player tonight, but uh, you might get more upside and more, uh, I guess, uh, versatility for your shot selection if you look at Tay Hardy. So that's how I'd look at it right there. 915-505-6009. Next up is Paul on the phone lines. Paul, good evening. Welcome back to Minor Talk. How's it going? Hey, guys. uh, Great show as always. Thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, Two things, the basketball I still think this team's going to be okay. I like what I've seen so far. I mean, everybody has a bad game every once in a while, so we can sure. just chuck this up to, a, you know, it wasn't their night. But I like the defense I've seen, and I think there's some games where they've shown they can score and shoot, which I think is better than last year's team when it comes to shooting overall. Um, I wouldn't, like, freak out about the loss. I still think they're probably win 17, 19 games this year. And what I like is I keep seeing improvement. Uh, now on the football, 
I wish I could say the same thing, but it's totally a one, 180 on that. Um, what I, what I want to say right now, I guess, is going out to the AD, if he's listening. <laughs> I checked out after the Aggie game. I said I just can't see myself wasting my time coming to the games and uh, spending my hard-earned money for the product I'm seeing. We've taken a step back last year, and then from last year to this year, I would say we really took two steps back because I was thinking they'd win six, seven games at the beginning of the season. And the injuries, you can't use that as an excuse. Everybody knows that everybody has injuries. So, Mr. Center, if you're listening, you got to do the math. I mean, uh, an elementary kid can do the math. If there's no fans in the stands, you ain't got no money. (laughs) You ain't got no money, you can't compete. You bring this coach back next year, I'll stay away another season if I have to. I know I'm not the only one to go this way. Uh, You're lucky if you, what I would say, like, if you bring him back, then your job's on the line. Not just your coach, but you might be gone too. Because a small uh, school like UTEP, they need that revenue from the attendance. And if you don't have the uh, intelligence and IQ to figure out, like, this is so easy, nobody wants him here anymore, nothing personal, but he's not getting it done. So you want an empty stadium again next year? That's on you. Okay. That's all I got to say. Okay, good stuff. Hey, Paul, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009. Jason, uh, you need to head out of here. You've been gracious with your time. You were wait- You hung in with us throughout the whole watch party at the district. I really appreciate it. Give me your final thoughts. UTEP men's basketball back in action next week. Texas A&M Corpus Christi Wednesday evening out at the Don Haskins Center. Uh, what do you want to see from the Miners and how they can rebound after this loss tonight? A 20-point loss. Their largest by far. I mean, they just lost to Bradley for their first game of the season, but Loyola Marymount beat them by 20 uh, here tonight. What do you want to see from the Miners moving forward? Um, just stick with it. Um, you know, just as players, you know, um, try not to take rush shots, you know. Believe in the offense. Trust the offense. You know, keep it moving. Keep cutting. Keep doing what y'all have to do um, so y'all can find better shots and, and keep trying to make plays for each other. Okay. You know, and, and that's it. You know, stick together. You know, it's just one game. Um, and they just got together um, this year with a lot of new guys. You know, the good thing is that coach had a lot of guys come back, so I think that's why they look a whole lot better than the previous two years. So they just got to stick with it, you know, just just keep shooting, get them extra shots up after practice, before practice, whatever it takes. Yeah, I like it. Hey, Jason, it's always great to see you, man. Thanks for coming Thank in. Uh, bye. Uh, let our listeners know what you're doing for your training and, and how they can get reach you. Um, um, I have my own gym called Jason Williams Basketball Academy here on the west side of El Paso. Um, you know, if you guys are interested, um, you can um, find me on Facebook or, or Instagram, Jason Williams Basketball Academy, and you'll find me there if, if anybody's interested in training or um, you teams called JW Elite. Um, I have fourth grade and up, so um, if anybody interested in that, um, I have great coaches, you know, along with myself um, with developing. Um, just reach out and um, we'll see if we can help you out. Hey, how about your boy OT? He's killing it right now at Socorro. Yes, that's Omar my guy. Thomas. That's my guy. I just talked to him earlier. Said I'm gonna have to come check him out, see if he can really coach. You know? <laughs> it, it, he might just have talent over there, and that's that. He's not coaching. Maybe oh just man, talent. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we need more UTEP players uh, back in El Paso, just like you, just like Omar Thomas, just like Connor Tucker, just like all the others doing great things. It's great to see you, Jason. Man, thank you, thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing you guys again. Okay, we'll see you soon, Jason. Hey, we'll be right back after this. We're gonna take a break. When we come back. 
Alberto, Zay, Sal, myself, we will all give one name that we'd be interested if the UTEP football job becomes open for them looking at here moving forward. Minor Talk continues presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. More in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Special thanks again to Jason Williams for stopping by, UTEP legend, along with Sal Montes behind the glass producing the show, screening the phone calls, throwing the beats on there, did UTEP football earlier, took a 15-minute break, coffee break or something, and then stepped right in doing minor talk. You know what I did, uh, and Zay can attest to this, after the game I literally just walked down the hallway to get my steps in, man. There you go. I I have to. I love it, Sal. Take that that those turkey pounds off. Get it somehow, right? <laughs> That's right. Good yes. stuff. Um, we're also talking UTEP basketball. Zay's coming fresh off the basketball broadcast. So we could talk UTEP football. We could talk UTEP basketball. But I will say this. We will wind things down a little bit, knowing that we don't have enough news. So everything that we talk about is a lot of hearsay, a lot of speculation, and not a lot of substance. So unfortunately, we don't have a lot to a lot of ammo to, to talk about with all this. Uh, Wednesday's basketball minor talk could have a lot of football minor talk in it as well. Uh, but nonetheless, we will still talk both of these things right now. Uh, Loyal Marymount defeats UTEP 67-47 in basketball. And then in football, Liberty crushed UTEP 42-28. That 28 is so misleading, by the way, guys. I mean, those garbage time touchdowns, nothing could get me more infuriated than garbage time touchdowns, especially the way that it happened for the minors. Uh, So I won't even count that. I won't even look at that as like, hey, that was something that we can talk about for our Stanley Steamer, Steamroller of the game, or our uh, New Start Homes drive of the game. No way. We're not going to take any of those into account. We'll only take those that actually had the starters or those uh, legitimate players playing. Uh, let's go to social real quick before we get to our names, and we're going to ping around and talk. Just a name. If the UTEP football job is open, who would you like to be in that uh, position and why? Uh, if you want to weigh in, 915-505-6009, or even the type of coach, if the job ended up being open, we'd like to hear some of your thoughts. Tristan Pence on basketball. The Miners will be facing zone defenses regularly moving forward. Coach Joe Golding and his staff need to work on the half-court offense over the next couple weeks. There is a great deal that needs to be addressed before conference games start. Hashtag Miner Talk. I agree. And maybe one of those things, Tristan, is just winning on the road, simply put. This is coming from Adrian at EnemyWin3, my tocayo. Uh, We were told that this team was better recruiting class. It isn't. We were told this team was much improved. It isn't. We were told this will be, they will be in every game. They weren't. It's going to be another disappointing basketball season. Hashtag minor talk. Ah, it's a little early, Adrian. Let, let them have a bad game. And uh, the Bradley game was a very good loss, okay? That's how I would care. A loss is a loss, but it was a better loss than other losses. So uh, tonight was a bad night. I'll hold them to that. I'll be. I'll hold them accountable for it. And let's see if they're better from it come Wednesday at the Don Haskins Center. Or if, like you mentioned, there's red flags and we should start looking at them for the remainder of the season. Trey Chauvin, UTEP basketball had no offenses usual. UTEP will have a losing season again. You can book it. Horrible offensive basketball team. Man, brutal. I mean, it's just, come on. We're, we're here in game seven. So, come on. Um, 
Augustine. I can't wait for head coach Dana Dimmel to leave UTEP football. Hashtag Dimmel out. Uh, this coming from Augustine. Tough schedule for UTEP football. Did he want to play El Paso area high schools instead? Did he want to play eighth graders in flag football? Holy Cheetos. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, our boy, El Paso Visuals Deportivos. I am a hey, chill out, dude. Uh, I'm a realist, and let's be real. Let next season was going to be a rebuilding year for UTEP football anyway, due to the players leaving. So safe, uh, so save the money and bring back head coach Dimmel. I, I'm sorry, Ivan. I got to read this again. Okay, I'm a realist. And let's be real, next season was going to be a rebuilding year for UTEP football anyway due to the players leaving. So save the money and bring back Coach Dimmel. UTEP cannot afford a buyout, and doing so would only set back the coach and the entire program. Hashtag minor talk. Well, it depends, El Paso Visuals Deportivos. You're looking at it as if you know the athletic department budget, which you don't, and I don't know it either. So me saying something like UTEP can afford it is foolish because I can't make that assessment. I can't make that judgment unless I know that UTEP right now has the money to pay and to actually buy out Dana Dimmel. Now, on the flip side of that, for you to say that this is going to save the money and actually hurt the program moving forward, well, how could you say that? How could you also speculate against the ticket revenue when they started to lose, how little fans actually showed up to the game, and when they were actually healthy, how little success they actually had on the field? So, saying those things right there, both can be true, but both uh, also can be untrue. And for you to say that, I think it's assuming a little too much already uh, on what they have or what they don't have money-wise. And I think if it came to it, Ivan, and the big donors started to look at the program and how it's failing right now on the football side of things, they might fork up the dollars. They might do it themselves. So that's how I would look at it right there. Uh, This is coming from J.K., Jim Center, please do what's right and fire Dana Dimmel. His time at UTEP has come to an end. All of El Paso is done with him. If you have any respect for UTEP in El Paso, please move on. This is from Ivan again from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. The only way a buyout can happen is if that Canadian guy who called in to minor talk from a few games ago comes into town. (laughs) And write to check like he said he would write. All right, Ivan, that was a good one. You 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 uh, bought yourself some time. Shout out to Keith from Winnipeg. Maybe Keith does have that. Uh, maybe he has a million. Sal, he was saying like seven million recently. Maybe yeah. he has just one million. You Temple take just a million, right, Mike Rivera? They'll take just a million dollars. Exactly. He's saying the same thing. He's emphatically saying they'll take a million if that's the case. Uh, that's right. Leo underscore Miners fan. Post this. Oh, let's go, Iowa State. Uh, I'm always looking for excuses for UTEP, but Jerry Kill wanted to be in Las Cruces and he didn't even give some of his money back to NMSU to help the program. Kill has also a past relationship with Mario Mocha. NMSU men's basketball, Mario did outdo UTEP. Kill might be there, and he keeps going with his post, Mike Price in some ways. The guy got a tattoo also after their bowl win. That's coming from Leo. That's hilarious. Good stuff, Leo. Uh, 915-505-6009, our telephone number to get into the program. Rip City Trades. We got to keep going through social. We got a lot more to get to. Maybe UTEP should hire a church choir next time they play Liberty at home. Same vibe. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Why else would someone hire a mariachi and parade around a piñata? Hashtag minor talk. Just saying. I mean, 
Doesn't he? Does he have a point there, Sal? I think so. Uh, this is a step yeah. on saying. I'm assuming next year we're playing a, f- a Fallwell in Virginia, but po- probably no beer for sale in the stadium. So stay home. <laughs> That's a good one for uh, the anti-liberty talk. There. This is also from Noah. How dare you, Liberty? One week from today, I'll be the biggest Liberty fan. That's uh, coming from Noah. So there you go, uh, Mike Cuviello. Our schedule, which turned out to be harder than first expected, was not some tough schedule either way. Uh, Dana Dimmel needs to be fired right now. That's uh, coming in from Mike Cuviello, our old pal. This is uh, this is Esteban. I brought it up before about the tough questions. And Robert Ukidi said, bring in Mac Lefwich. That's his name. All right, guys, let's ping around. Let's go around the room and let's talk a name, okay? Let's start off with you, Sal. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Man. I know. Uh, we uh, let, Let's just preface this by saying that Dana Dimmel has not been fired, has not been canned. He is still with this UTEP uh, team as of right now. And we don't know if he's... Uh, indeed going to leave or if he will come back my expectations will be that he he is not back in uh this utep football team but who knows um that's my expectations who knows i've seen crazier things happen sal give me your name if you had to uh, t- pick a name uh to possibly take over this job where would you go you know what it, it's hard because i haven't done as much research as i would have liked so there's only two names that are popping up that's uh coach uh patterson the former coach for TCU. okay gary Ro- patterson gary great name. Potter, uh, patterson uh, ronnie brought him up in a phone call not too long ago and, and yes. it made me think right Right, about Jacksonville State and them going after uh, Coach Rodriguez, is it is it fair to put it in the same? Um, let's say the parking lot. I don't want to say the same arena, but is it in the the same parking lot where Jacksonville State says, "Hey, let's go after uh, after Coach Rodriguez"? Is that kind of the same yes. sentiment for Coach Patterson? I it, think so. Okay, because I think others would argue no, because Patterson had a bigger brand, had a bit whatever. I would disagree with that. I would say that Patterson uh, maybe was a little overrated with his success at TCU, but if he was UTEP's coach, I think everybody would talk about all the accolades he had with the Horn Frogs. They talk about all the success that he had over there. And would you do you think he would actually want the job though? Sal, that's another thing. Yeah, uh, taking he would he's a offensive ana- uh, analyst or not an offense. He's just an analyst on the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. Do you think he would like it? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know if if he would like it or not. I think it's more so about um, you know where he's at in his life. Does he even want to coach again? You know, I, I, think, point. I think that would be the, the bigger question to ask is if he wants to coach again. But if so, I mean, you look at, at UTEP, a school that, um, you know, there's that, I guess, quote unquote, Texas tie, if you want to, you know, make anything appealing. But aside from that, you're presenting a rebuild to him. And if he does go back to coaching, how tough does he want that job to be? And I don't know if that's a fair question to ask, really. But, I mean, this is going to be, hey, I, I left – Texas's first year in the SEC for this. Yeah, I like it. Uh, okay, Sal goes Gary Patterson. Let's uh, check out what Zay has here on the program. Zay, uh, let's go with you next. Zay, where are you going? And tell us a little bit why. Yeah, Gary Patterson's probably the the dream hire, right? But um, for me, you know, I've done I've done some some research, right? I, I have a few names, and uh, for me, one of the biggest names is is Will Stein, Oregon offensive coordinator. Wow, UT- coming off the top <laughs> rope. You said you were going to come off the. T- top row. Uh, that is off the top row. Yeah, former former UTSA offensive coordinator obviously found immense success with the Roadrunners when he was their offensive coordinator. He's led Oregon to an explosive offense. Bo Nix has taken a 
Heisman type leap. And um, overall, I mean, he's just a really good. He he has Texas ties. He has Texas high school football ties. He he's um he's a dream name. He's a younger coach. He would bring excitement to this program. And um, it's 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 far fetched, yes, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. And then um yeah, I mean that that'd be the guy for me. Obviously, I have other names, but um I keep going. I can reel off ten names. Okay. So, so your first name is Will Stein, Oregon offensive coordinator. It's a great name knowing that Oregon has had so much success on uh, the football side of things this season and has really shown a lot of things with what they could do on the football side. So I like that name a lot. Not to mention, it feels like Oregon's offense has gotten better and better as the weeks come on. And Bo Nix is a legitimate uh, NFL draft pick when it's all said and done. So I like the name a lot. Give me one more name. If you had to give maybe uh, you know another one that you would want to throw out there for minor fans to maybe uh, latch on to as far as the name goes for you have football give me one more name yeah yeah obviously 1a 1b Patterson and Stein but uh you know a, a one that people may not be thinking of maybe one that nobody you know even would like but it's it's Texas A&M defensive back coach TJ Rushing um he's had wow um off the top another one <laughs> he's he's a really good he's he's a former NFL player he has um you know, wherever he's gone, he's been at Memphis, Arizona State as a assistant defensive coach, and uh, his his defenses have found success. So obviously, you're not going for experience here; you're going for the name. You know, an NFL guy who can probably bring you know a lot of good recruiting. He was a part of that that Texas A&M recruiting um, when they bought in. You know, the number one class in the nation, the the greatest class of all time, I think, until last year. So, uh, you know, he's definitely not the experience hire, but he has the name. He has the success. And um, it would be an interesting interesting name to keep out there. I like it a lot. Good stuff, Zay. Let's go to you, Alberto. Give me one name for the next UTEP uh, head coach if this job ended up being open. Uh, anyone that knows me knows Anyone that knows me knows I'm habitually delusional, so I'm going to go big name, go Jimbo Fisher. Wow. Okay, why do you think Jimbo Fisher would have success at UTEP? Uh, I think that he could use uh, some of the recruiting he's already done, you know, for Texas A&M. He had that crazy recruiting class that Zay was talking (laughs) about. I think that you could just uh, try to transfer in, um, bring him in, and then try to see if he can't lure some more players. And I think the big name that he is is going to get some guys that were previously ignoring the school to maybe look our way. And on top of that, you already have his like his his paycheck will be subsidized by what he's getting paid by Texas A and M. So you bump, you, you bump him to like a million a year. <laughs> Texas A and M takes care of the rest. I mean, how are you? I mean, wow. half, half a million is not going to do it. You, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. He can live off of A and M's retirement, but come on, half a million. Welcome to the show, Mike Rivera. I mean, isn't Art Briles' kid not doing anything right now either? You might have a better uh, chance with him. Actually, uh, and, and hello to our chief engineer, Mike Rivera, who who's making a great cameo appearance. By the way, uh, we we saw a great uh, win by the Texas Longhorns last. Last night, his yes. team yes. Uh, over horns. the Texas Tech Red Raiders. One of the names that was being floated out on social media was Texas Tech offensive coordinator Zach Kitley uh, for uh, this possible job. Yeah, now, after watching one. yesterday, I don't know, though. That offense couldn't do anything against Texas. Well, the other thing, too, is you have a team that, uh, I mean, okay, I wouldn't necessarily say yesterday's performance is an example of his finest work. Okay. And, and the other thing, too, is even if Tech had a 6-5 and five season this year, 
That's a lot better than three and nine. Yes, there you go. It's very just true. Saying. Very, very true. They're still winning games. They're right. not just winning against. Hey, Texas is also one of the best. So that's one of the things we can hold Texas, the Texas Longhorns to as far as their standard goes. So I'm totally with you on that, Mike. Too much money for Jimbo Fisher, though. That's yeah, the bottom too line. Too much. Yeah, I mean, look at all the money he made at Texas A&M. But I like the uh, option I like there. the thought, though. Yeah, and I like the thought, Alberto. My thought, okay, I'm coming off the top rope like, like Zay. UNLV offensive coordinator Brennan Marion. Oh, man, off the top rope. This week he interviewed for the San Diego State job. Uh, he is young. This is a UNLV football revolution this year. We saw them firsthand, first person against the Miners. They have a quarterback uh, who wasn't actually that highly regarded, but he's over. He's thrown over 2,600 passing yards this year. They're averaging over 35 points a game. I want an offensive guy. If I'm this UTEP football program and looking at the next uh, hire, I want somebody who's going to bring excitement on the offensive side, who's going to score a lot of points. Uh, Brady Hokey uh, will not come back he's retiring from San Diego State and Marion I just feel like at he also uh, was the offensive coordinator at Howard and Howard uh, he had a go-go offense it's triple option with a spread passing concept Zay is like uh, he's like losing himself right now he's beside himself he couldn't contain himself uh, from how upset he was for me saying Brennan Marion no not a fan whatsoever oh a fan you know I wasn't a fan at first and he said triple option and spread offense and go go off. Oh my gosh! I was like, "What? Yeah, I need that. I need that in my life. I need to watch football like that." Well, my, if my dad's listening, he would just say that UTEP doesn't have the personnel to to match up uh, with that kind of offense, which is probably true as well. I mean, I mean, but then again, UTEP didn't have the personnel to match up with the Stana Dimmel offense, and they still try to run it. Uh, Brennan Marion, that's my name right there. UNLV offensive coordinator, not a sexy name, not the name that you would kind of go to, uh, but definitely a name who's making waves in college football right now. Brennan Marion, uh, that's definitely mine right there. Hey, uh, Clemson is officially bowl eligible. I think they played their themselves out of the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. They just won right now. Brennan Marion, by the way, 36 years old, would be a very, very young coach if he ends up getting a head coaching role this year. Let's go back to the phones right now. Now on 5505-6009. The mayor, Eddie Mor- Morelos is next up on the phone lines. Eddie, thanks for weighing in on the show. What's going on? We got the mayor. <laughs> we talked there earlier. My my choice for the, the the coaching position that you were just having the discussion about. Yes. Um, I'm going to go off the top rope like y'all did. Okay. David Shaw, former David Shaw, former head coach. Of all Stanford. right, all right, all right, all right. Eddie, Eddie. Let's hey, be Eddie. To, Eddie, let's be real. Coach at Sacramento State. That man, David Shaw, is going to coach in the NFL. Mark my words. This this okay. upcoming cycle, I'm calling it. I'm well, going to call my shot. David Shaw, NFL. That's the kind of well, upside he is. You guys were going off the top rope. I thought I would too. He was a former <laughs> coach at Sacramento State. Why not dream big? I mean, hey. It, Work the impossible, like my friend Alberto over there. You know, I like it. I, um, to, I like it. I it's an, it's this, a funny name. Uh, it's a funny name. I, I want to say this though. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, minor talk. Another great football season uh, of of content that you guys have brought. Um, you you put together a wonderful team, uh, Adrian. 
and keep up the great work. I'm so excited for minor minor basketball now and uh, all the great things that you guys will talk about there. Keep on doing what you guys are doing, and uh, let's keep on enjoying UTEP uh, athletics as you guys have, have made it very enjoyable for, for me. Uh, someone who's outside of UTEP. So I really thank you guys so much. Hey, thank you, Eddie. It's always great to have you as a friend of the program and always somebody who supports us here uh, as uh, Minor Talk continues. So I appreciate you always listening in, uh, Eddie. It's always great to talk to you. Y'all have a good night. I'm going to keep on listening, all right? All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. 915-505-6009, our telephone number to get into the program. Alex Nicholas texting into the program. Give me Marion or give me death to my UTEP football fandom. UNLV was 10-2 and two against the spread this year. I love that. I didn't even know that, but that is awesome. So good stuff uh, for UNLV football. Good stuff, Alex Nicolas. Uh, this coming from Esteban. He wants Urban Meyer. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff there. Interesting stuff there. Uh, let's let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. Joe Chacon. Haven't seen these posts yet, but uh, he says, since you all don't want to read my other posts, haven't seen any of your posts, Joe. I'm sorry. Here are my two cents. Dana Dimmel's a nice guy, but he doesn't hold himself accountable for losses. Too much blame and excuses. I would have loved to hear what Golding would have said after tonight's football loss or basketball loss, which would have sounded like, quote, we didn't have them up and prepared tonight and it's my fault. Basketball will be okay this year and get back to the dance. As for Dimmel, deuces, hashtag repping from Colorado now, hashtag uh, Sal is my pal. How about that one, Sal? You made the, the hashtag list, Sal is my pal. That, that's, yeah. your, that's his list right there. That's my buddy right there. I mean, we, we, we go way back. There you go. I yeah. love it. Uh, Joe Chacon also said, might be one of the most depressing minor talks tonight. Both teams blown out. Most likely the end of the Dimmel era. Golding wasn't able to adjust. Other teams showing us what it's like to have continued success. Thankful for all that I have. Just wish that at some point UTEP Athletics can get it together and find the right captain to steer the ship. Uh, coming from Joe Chacon. A sad Joe Chacon. I hear you. Callaway, if Jim Center decides to bring Dana Dimmel back, I would advise him to resign as athletic director. It would be moronic to even consider bringing back Dana Dimmel. That's coming from him uh, right now here on the show. This is uh, coming in from... Uh, actually, I think we've read all these, so good stuff, guys. Uh, let's keep it moving. Oh, this one coming from Christopher Lada. If UTEP is confident in beating uh, them that they should, uh, and that's talking about uh, Liberty and bringing a church choir to Virginia next year. So there you go. Uh, hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you want to chime in with a late phone call, now is the time to do it. 600 ESPN El Paso on social and 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere as we continue. We are going to pause 10 seconds for station identification. When we come back, we're going to hand out some awards and we're going to start wrapping this one up. We'll do awards for both men's basketball and for football, even though both teams lost. As you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. More uh, in less than 10 seconds right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Minor Talk continues right here, 915-505-6009. Let's get out to some awards here on the program. First off, let's get out to our Stanley Steamer, Steamroller of the game, and then we'll talk about some of these players as well. We're going to go on the defensive side for the Miners. 
It is going to Tyrese Knight. 15 total tackles for the senior. He had 11 in the first quarter, and I thought, man, could he shatter the all-time tackle record in a single game? Uh, But that didn't end up happening. He did have a quarterback hurry, and he was only, I think, about uh, two and a half uh, tackles for losses away from the all-time program record as well. What a staple Tyrese Knight has been, not only for this whole season, but his entire career for UTEP. He is our Stanley Steamer. Steamer roller of the game and they are located here in El Paso and Las Cruces. Locally owned and operated, Stanley Steamer proudly provides professional cleaning services here in El Paso and the surrounding communities. Since they started back in the 40s, Stanley Steamer has served homes and businesses throughout the country trusted by generations to clean your carpet, clean your air ducts, clean your tile, your grout, your area rugs, and plenty more. They make it easy to to schedule a cleaning service with their instant quote tool online and their 24-7 availability, give them a call, 915-591-2905, or visit their website to book your cleaning with Stanley Steamer today. Next up, our Wind Supply El Paso hot hand of the game on the football side of things. It's got to go to the only hot hand, and it is Kelly Akari. Five catches, 109 receiving yards, and 64 was the long catch that he had uh, from uh, Cade McCall who threw it his way. He is the hot hand of the game, and that's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, if you're looking for a furnace to warm up your home, check out Champion Furnaces from Wind Supply El Paso. Champion Furnaces are our go-to here on Minor Talk. If you want to check out your nearest Champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Let's go around the room. One final thing that you want to uh, say about UTEP football, let's ask this. I'll ask this to the four of you guys or three of you guys, now that we lost Jason and we lost Mike as well. How will you remember this year's football program and football team? Zay, we'll start with you. How do you remember the 2023 UTEP football season? Disaster. Nothing, nothing. I mean, it's a disaster. We're we're talking about nine wins, eight wins possibly for this team. And um, it was a disaster from the Kelly Akari drop touchdown in the first game against Jacksonville State, and it's been a disaster since. Uh, Sal, over to you. How do you describe and how do you remember this UTEP football team? I, I think um, at its peak, I think I'm going to remember this team as a, a team that overachieved and you know raised the expectations, rightfully so, with the um, with the results. We saw it in COVID where, you know, hey, this team is improving and then saw them enjoy the fruits of their labor. But after that, um, after that loss to, was it FAU or FIU on the road where they, they lost on the last second field goal or they gave it up? You know yeah, what you're talking about? I know. About. Exactly, what that, you're was, that was about. kind of the uh, the downfall to it, and uh, we we got to see them at their highest. We saw them at their lowest a lot more. So I think it's uh it's the nail in the coffin. That's how I'm going to remember this year. Nail in the coffin year for this coaching staff. Uh, uh, Alberto, let's go to you. How do you remember this football season? I think uh, a year with high hopes that eventually get disappointed. That's just on the sporting side of things, but you know. On just like a broader picture side of things, uh, UTEP football graduated 10 seniors, uh, some great guys, guys like Praise Mayhule, yeah, Tyron Knight. And I think that, you know, all things considered, yeah, we didn't get as many wins as we wanted, but those guys are some great, uh, some great guys, and they're going to be able to say they were a part of the program and, and they were here in the city and uh, – it, yeah, it, helped, it, it formed them into a better man than they were when they got here, and I think that's that's what counts. I think what we can say about the seniors is they deserved a lot better. 
from yeah. uh, from this. They deserved a lot more. They le- they deserve more wins. And praise of Mayule is going to go down as the, the program's all time sack leader. Uh, Tyree Snipe might finish the season as the leader in total tackles or even solo tackles across not just Conference USA but across the country. Uh, you know. Kobe Hilton could play at at some kind of level at the professional level, and I'll throw praise and Tyrese Knight in that conversation on the offensive line. I mean, Elijah Klein, Andrew Mayer have started so many games for the Miners over their time. Zuri Henry has played so many games for the Miners over his time. Yet they didn't. They they were a three win football team. You are what you are, and that is a bad football program, a bad football team. That is what UTEP was to finish out the year. I will use the word frustration. My dad used that earlier. I'll I'll kind of echo it. I think this was a frustrating year for UTEP football. Frustrating because the expectations were high. Frustrating because you had upperclassmen across the roster. No, sure, you only graduated ten seniors, but you're you had a lot of juniors on this roster who had a lot of starts under their belt like uh, Dion Hankins like uh, you know even you could even throw Kelly Akari in that conversation as well yet UTEP three wins on the season well short expectations beyond disappointing and for that I'll, I'll call it frustrating because there's no reason why this team should have won just three games this year I like how Sal said it maybe they overachieved at some point maybe they overachieved in that 2021 season and what we saw from these last two years was really who this program was, and that is middle of the pack, mediocre, subpar, and not going to ever be a contender or even put up a winning record in a normal season. So, And remember, hey, Sal, remember that? We were on Minor Talk every single uh, game in that 2021 season. And I remember how exciting that LaTeX game was Man. when they became bowl eligible yep. and started off the season 6-1. and one. And, ever, and after that one, they finished the season seven and six, so it wasn't like even that season they could ride a lot of highs and talk about all the greatness that they had that year. That year they had a lot of struggles and a lot of adversity too, and it came at the second half of the season. Yeah, and uh, I remember there was even build up for uh, a big showdown in El Paso. You, you all remember? The, oh uh, yes, the, UTSA. The uh, the tailgate game at the uh, you, you know UTSA. <laughs> anyway, uh, nonetheless, though from that season, right? That game was built up and rightfully so. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't know the the legitimacy of it uh, as far as um, you know college football game day coming to El Paso I think it turned out to be false but still generated a lot of buzz and excitement for college football fans in general so I think that was really you know peak UTEP football that that Louisiana Tech game and social media the uh, the marketing team for UTEP did exceptional they promoted the heck out of it and they got fans to go out there and support but unfortunately just uh, just really didn't come to fruition at the end of the uh end of the tenure good point there sal hey i want to flag one more thing for football and it just broke right now mark stoops is the next head coach at texas a&m he just got hired okay guys who was mark stoops head coach in 2000 at houston dana dimmel that is exactly right Maybe there's a Stoops-Dimmel connection in Texas A&M. What do you think, Zay? Um, I hope Texas A&M fans, you know, you know, Dana Dimmel, their <laughs> new offense coordinator, he'll, he'll call some uh, fun plays for them, some very fun plays. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just I'm just floating out this idea right now. Uh, Mark Stoops, Dana Dimmel. Hey, they've had they've had ties before, but then again, Dana Dimmel's had a lot of ties with a lot of different coaches. And I would say this wouldn't be the first time that we saw in the last five years a UTEP coach leave their post to become an assistant elsewhere, a la Rodney Terry. There you go, Sal. That's for you know you. what. 
after uh, this summer, we can say it's probably a SEC thing. Ah, that's true. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, All right. Now we're done with football, right? Everybody's good with football. Okay. Let's move over to basketball. UTEP is now five and two on the season. Loyola Marymount defeated them today by 20 points. Uh, Timothy Cantrell, player of the game. I have to go with, uh, man, this is a tough one. I'll go Zid Powell, even though I didn't think he had a a terrific game. Nine points, six rebounds, 22 minutes. Didn't play a lot. Uh, It was kind of weird, especially in the first half. Didn't see Zid Powell play a, a ton at all. Uh, he was plus five today in terms of efficiency. Also turned the ball over four times. But Zid Powell in this game when they needed buckets in, in close moments of this game, uh, whenever UTEP tried to get it within, uh, I think, under 10 points, I think they cut it to as close as nine at one point in the second half. Um, Zid Powell was a large contributor at that point. So we'll give it to him. He is our Timothy Cantrell uh, realty player of the game and thanks to timothy cantrell actually if you want to check out the latest listings if you want to check out also uh what he has as far as the showings and also some of the new houses that have just hit the market check him out on instagram at timothy realty timothy cantrell your trusted real estate agent with over 20 years of experience he's got vast knowledge unwavering dedication and valuable resources he's here to make your real estate dreams come true uh give him a call 915 915- 5204-8441. Call or text. And don't forget to follow him on Instagram. Again, it's Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. Let's uh, now go over to our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso for basketball. Gosh, it was tough. I mean, it really was. I think I have to go... Um, if I had to go with anybody in this one, we might have to go with a spark off the bench, and that has to probably be Corey Camper. Five points, two of eight from the floor. Maybe you could give it to Elijah Jones. Maybe you can give it to Sebastian Cole, but I, I think we have to go the Corey Camper route, knowing that he actually got some points on the board. Got some rebounds, too. Three rebounds in this one, and contributed with the steal in 23 minutes of action. It's hard to come by, guys. It was a tough game for a lot of these UTEP basketball players, and I think everybody's ready to come back home to El Paso from Los Angeles off this trip here. So, nonetheless, Loyola Marymount beats them 67-47, and our hot hand of the game will go to uh, Corey Camper Jr. Uh, Let's keep things moving. 915-505-6009. By the way, minor basketball plays against, uh, this is, they play against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Now, last year's Islanders team was coached by Steve Lutz, and he had that team rolling in a good way. He is now with Western Kentucky. He is their next head coach over there. And now the Islanders are with Jim Shaw, their next coach out of the Southland Conference. This is the first time he's been a head coach uh, throughout his career. And they're off to a tough start. Two and four on the year, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They recently lost to LIU, the Sharks. uh, And the Sharks are one and five on the season, by the way. So Texas A&M Corpus Christi, pretty bad team right now to start things off. Two wins that they have are against teams who aren't even in Division One hoops, so uh, they're looking for their first win against a Division One opponent. And next Wednesday, UTEP, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, they'll do battle, and we'll have it for you here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Before we wind it up, we're going out to our pal Augustine. He'll close out the show for us. Augustine, I'm sure you have a lot of coaching candidate names, but instead of going to those, let's just get your thoughts. Uh, good evening, my friend. What's going on? Hey, good evening, uh, Adrian. Good evening, Zay, and uh, my pal Sal. Just throwing that out there. We also have Alberto here, too. So we got another member as well. So we got (laughs) a full house. Full house. Wow. Hey, that's that's 
that's more brain power than Dana Dimmel has. So that's pretty good. But four um, brains than one? Okay, I hope so. Jeez. Yeah. Adrian, here's my question to you. Uh, you were talking about possible coaching coming to coming to UTEP for football, which is a, a, a real, you know, which is your real expectation of it? You know, and, and unfortunately, the minor AD didn't come out yesterday and said, you know what, thank you, Dana, th- thank you for these years, and have a have a nice uh, afterlife after UTEP, but, uh, but that's it. And the speculation of him going out and recruiting is just—it's uh, just scary. What, what what kind of what kind of players are want to come to El Paso now with the uncertainty uncertainty of him just being one year and then out? Well, actually, you bring um, up an interesting point, Augustine. Uh, the possibility about recruiting. So let's say you are coming back if you're Dana Dimmel, and it just—you brought up a thought in my head. If you are Dana Dimmel and you and you had this, well, then why is there only one co- one player who is being? Uh, what, there's only one player who is being sought after and recruited, and that is Gael Ochoa. There's only one player right now out of the high school ranks who's being rec- recruited in this early recruiting period. What does that tell you? In my opinion, that tells you that the writing is on the wall, and that's telling you that either A, recruits are not buying any of the UTEP stock right now, and they think that there's a coaching change going to happen, so they need some kind of reassurance, or they need some kind of um, transparency from the the, the administration to understand that Dana Dimmel will be here or B, this coaching staff said hey, we need reassurance. We need to know that we're going to be here and then we'll go out and recruit the players. Regardless, Augustine, they're behind the eight ball. If they go with a new coach, if they go with the current coach, they are behind the eight ball because they only have one single commit for the upcoming recruiting class at the early period time and that's uncharacteristic. That's unlike UTEP. So, uh, what do you sell them on? You don't sell them on the fact that you have a, a program that's hoping to be on the upswing. No, you you sell them on maybe a change in staff, a change in regime, if that ends up being the case. Yeah, and, and, and that's the scary part. I mean, are we going to have the players come in to be able to replace the ones that went out? And the good juniors that are left, are they going to stay and not, not go to the transfer portal? That's the other thing nobody has talked about. Well, I mean, it's, the transfer portal is a for me. If there's a coaching change, it's a given. I mean, you have to figure, uh, and that's also one of the ways that you can actually apply for a waiver and get them granted is if you have that change in your uh, your your coaching staff, or you have a change within your regime as far as your your players go or your coaches go on your staff. Your head coach goes. That's the one way that these guys are actually able to be instantly eligible. So there you go. That's another thing to mention yeah that's that's another and, and on, on basketball I, I feel basketball had a you know tough tough couple of days there's a there's a bug going around and, and if that's i don't know if that's uh if that really bogged them down or anything they, they just it, it, you know in basketball you know there's comes a point in time where all of a sudden your body can't handle it but uh i, I mean adrian do you buy the thing that 18 through 22 year olds get tired 
Yes, yes. I mean, especially with that kind of defensive intensity that they play with, I do actually, uh, I do feel like that is uh, one of those things that they do. They they can have fatigue. Everybody's human, so yeah, I, I do think so. And they play a, an intense style of basketball. Maybe that's a coaching thing too. They they're playing full court pressure at times, and that's I, I'm not giving excuses, right? Because I think that everybody should be ready. I think that uh, I hold this team to high standard, and I still think they should have won tonight. But at the same time they are human they have been on this road swing for a while they are coming off the thanksgiving break so you know i'm ready to see them come back to town and let's see what they can do in these next two matchups the real game i'm circling of course is uh for this utah basketball team is abilene christian because we're not going to really know much from texas a&m corpus christi not going to tell much from oregon abilene christian december 17th is a game i'm circling that's on the road and that's going to be another test when we get to see how this team does away from the don Haskins center and how they kind of respond after this one and two road swing right here yeah completely agree adrian and uh and i just got to say that uh great uh, great minor talk uh football season guys and uh hats off to you for uh to all of you for uh for listening to all the minor fans and we thought it was going to be one of those uh, seasons that uh, that everybody's happy, but look at the way it turned out, and uh, you guys kept uh, kept the ball rolling with uh, no andis or buts. And that I commend you, and keep up the good work, and can't wait for uh, for minor talk with basketball and 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 being hugely competitive and competing for that title bid. Man, how how nice of you, Augustine. Thank you. That's the Thanksgiving cheer coming your way. So I appreciate it, Augustine. Thanks for weighing in on the show. 915-505-6009 to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere. Uh, guys, let's go winding thoughts on basketball. Uh, what do you want to see from this team from tonight going into Texas A&M Corpus Christi? Zay, since you were on the broadcast, we'll go with you first, and then we'll go to Alberto, and Sal will close it up with you. So you go first, Zay. Yeah, I just want to see them, you know, clean up unforced turnovers. The amount of unforced turnovers they had, you know, just it, it felt like brain farts at times, overthrown passes, you know, stepping on the line out of bounds. Clean that up. That that's that stuff that we should have left last year. And um, you know, just just get rest, get ready, and uh, face adversity head on. Let's see how okay. they how they rebound from a loss like this. Alberto, what do you want to see from this team moving forward? I uh, just want to see them improve their great defense that they've been playing and just uh, improve on the shot selection. Okay, easy enough. Sal, what do you want to see from this team? We uh, Sorry, I was answering the lines. We got Luis on line one, so we'll nice. get him up in a bit. Cool. Uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, we want to see what, what do you want to see from this team moving forward. UTEP basketball. Basketball? Yes. Um, I, I want to see them take better care of the ball and uh, generate some type of um, – Offensive rhythm, and I, I'm gonna say offensive rhythm because I think they play with rhythm elsewhere. They're solid in transition. When they're locked in defensively, they they become a different monster. But if they can score in the half court and generate some true offensive points, um, that'd be something that we could chalk up as big improvement. Okay, I like it. Let's go to Luis, who's next on the phone lines nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Luis, good evening. What's happening? Good tidings. Shalom, oh, shalom, Luis. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Tell me, talk well, to me some UTEP basketball. Give me, give me some UTEP basketball stuff. Oh man, let me, let, let me tell you something. I just heard we've been very busy. We've been on the road. 
Uh, what happened? Did, did UTEP lose? UTEP lost both games, my friend. UTEP lost both games, both basketball. They lost basketball by 20 points. Uh, football could have just been a million. I mean, we'll just say it like that. My alma mater, uh, I, I knew Coach Haskins pretty good, you know. Uh, uh, the, the the great uh, players, uh, basketball players, Willie Worsley, Bobby Joe Hill, I knew him well. Uh, my, my, my great friend who just passed, uh, how long was it that uh, Willie, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, we used to teach together, you know. He was a P instructor at Alamo and lower in the second ward. Uh, God, how, how shameful it is for Willie me. Cager. Willie Cager. Willie Cager. Beautiful person. Beautiful person. And and I was teaching fourth grade. That that was about twenty years ago. I mean. We love our minors. We are sincerely. We hope that they improve. What is your final opinion on the minors, on the basketball and football? Well, I'm I'm super happy that you teed me up like this, Luis, because I was going to give out my final my final thoughts. So thank you for teeing me up. Uh, I heard your thoughts. You're disappointed about two losses, but I'm you know I'm disappointed about one loss, and that's basketball. I was I I, didn't, I knew that the football team was going to lose basketball. A 20 point loss on the road in L. A. They were one and two on this road swing. Not great. Uh, if something was going on, sure I'll take that. But they're also a team that's five and two on the year. I'm not panicking like some of our other listeners. Our other people on social media are they're they're calling this team questioning the recruiting class, questioning uh, the validity of them, or whether or not this is good. So no, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to say let's wait and see. Let's talk talk to me after Abilene Christian. I think that'll be a big tell. All I'll circle that game. We're not going to find out about this team much uh, from the Texas A&M Corpus Christi game coming up on Wednesday. Nor will we on Western uh, for the New, Western New Mexico game. Uh, maybe a little bit on Oregon to see if they've got some fight in them on the road. Uh, but Abilene Christian, that's a game I've got circled. Uh, the Wildcats are 3-3 three and three on the year, just lost a game to Missouri State. Let's see what UTEP could do in a couple weeks when they go on the road and take on Abilene Christian. But for now, that'll do it for us tonight. For Sal Montes, for Zay Galindo, for Alberto Reta, I'm Adrian Bratis. Oh, and for Mike Rivera, our chief engineer. I'm Adrian Bratis saying so long. Thanks for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar IDF Agency. We'll be back on Wednesday here on 600 ESPN El Paso.